Hi, and welcome to Follow Baptist Church's weekly message podcast. My name's Luke Williams, and I'm the lead pastor, and we're thrilled to have you joining us. We hope the message today inspires you and helps you follow Jesus in your community for His glory. Here's the message. Good morning, friends. It's a privilege to be with you this morning at the start of your relationship series. Would have been great to be with you in person, but we'll look forward to that at some other opportunity. And thanks to Luke also for the invitation to be with you. And what a gift Luke and Kim and their family would be to you. So encouraging to hear and read of what God is doing in and through Follow. It's great to be part of the Baptist Union of Victoria with over 240 churches. And thanks for the investment and the influence that Follow is uh, amongst our church family. Friends, uh, several mornings a week I go for a run and most days I observe an interesting phenomenon. Many others are out walking, some are running, and most often people are walking in pairs or occasionally in a family cluster. If people are on their own, most seem to be listening to something or talking with someone on a phone. You see, to be able to connect with someone is a vital aspect of life. This recent lockdown, has recognised this and it's been encouraging that it has still allowed people to walk in twos because of the importance of having a buddy or being in a buddy bubble. I love walking with my wife, Julia, and we have lots of great conversations as we walk. Walking and talking seem to go together, as does having a meal or a coffee together. In the last six months, walking and talking Virtual coffees and meals via Zoom or house party or something similar has continued to provide opportunities for people to share thoughts and feelings in an unhurried, uh, unhurried manner with someone with whom they want to spend some time. When people say, let's go for a walk or let's have a coffee or a meal, it's often code language for, I'd like to share some time with you and share some of who I am and get to know you better. One day between the first and second COVID lockdowns, Julia and I rode from Mount Waverley, where we live, to Ashburton along a bike track. And you almost needed traffic policemen on duty because of the crowds. And on arrival in Ashburton, people were everywhere and queuing for coffee to stand around and share with friends. Bike and walking tracks continue to remain crowded. Why is that? Because friendships matter and friendship matters. You may have heard about a guy called Ryuchi Aichinakawa, who launched a new business in Japan around 2012. He was paid to be people's stand-in best friend. He acted as a stand-in husband at events, even as a best man at weddings where the groom didn't or couldn't find one. Some years ago, Aichinakawa said, it started when I was running a mail service, answering questions for a fee. Clients sent me questions they couldn't ask anyone else, like whether they should get plastic surgery. And one day a client asked me to speak at his wedding. He wanted his best friend to give a speech, but he didn't have a best friend. So he wrote the speech and I went to the ceremony and read it out. Everyone cried, which made me less uncomfortable about it. I did about 10 marriages after that, pretending to be the husband's friend or boss. And I always gave an emotional performance. Aichinakawa now has a booming business with employees who offer the service of being 
people's fake spouse, friend, colleague, parent, boyfriend or girlfriend at social functions. Now, it's true that this is an extreme example of the challenge of friendship and connection in modern societies. We live close to thousands of people. We have social networking sites like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Google has many sites related to friendship. For example, how to be a friend or find a friend or how to make friends with anyone in five minutes. We have way more communication tools these days than ever before, mobile phones and emails. And yet many still find ourselves lonely and in desperate need of good friends. True community is way more than using social networking and electronic communication. True community needs openness and trust and time. And the neighbourhood bar still flourishes because God has put into each of our lives the desire to know and be known, to love and be loved, to connect and to be connected. And many seek a taste or perhaps a counterfeit at the price of a few beers. So today, for a few minutes, let's consider some friendship matters. It's both interesting and instructive that one of the first things that Jesus did when he was taking on his earthly assignment was to choose some friends to share the journey. And in Luke 22, you read just before he was to be crucified, he expressed to these friends the significance of their friendship and how these friends had been with him in all his trials. We also find Jesus nurturing significant and deep friendship with others. For example, the, the three siblings, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. We read of them showing him hospitality and all of them sharing deeply together. Relationships and friendships play a central role in our sense of well-being, whether positive or negative. In fact, the way we relate to others can have a massive impact on their well-being as well. Friendships are the virus of influence. They can breathe life into people and help them face challenges in ways that can never be done alone. Volumes have been written about this. Many movies and sitcoms are about this and people live out their hopes and fantasies through such shows. You can read all you like and watch as many shows as you like, but the rubber hits the road when you're actually engaging with another human being. Friendships are nurtured and transformed through sharing journeys together, through providing safe places and being vulnerable and honest, through times when you need patience, when you have to extend and receive forgiveness, where you invite and welcome feedback. True friendships and true community provide us with a personal growth laboratory. They provide a mirror for us as well as a support base and fellow travellers. You see, if no one ever reflects to you how you come across, if no one ever challenges your presuppositions or encourages you or confronts you, then parts of you remain undiscovered. One of my favourite definitions is, a friend is someone who knows all there is to know about you and loves you just the same. In other words, will always act for your well-being. There's an ancient text that has bucket loads of wisdom about friendships and the need to love and respect others. The book of Proverbs emphasizes that a few close friends are better than a host of acquaintances. It talks about 
relational walks that last not only for an hour now and then, but a handful of companions with whom we walk over many years or even a lifetime. The VIPs, the very important people of our relational world, the people with whom we socialise and recreate and share life and the joys and the sorrows, the fun and the challenges, the people with whom we laugh and cry. Someone has said that a friend comes in when the world has gone out. Friends, the life that you and I live is not a dress rehearsal or a warm up. It's the one and only opportunity we get to embrace the great adventure of living. And one of the most critical decisions is about with whom will we share this adventure. Proverbs offers guidelines about the team of people with whom it's good to walk through life. In chapter 13 and verse 20, the writer says, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. According to this proverb, we need to be careful with whom we walk. For those we walk with are more deeply connected and influential than we think or realise. And we enhance our chances of growing in a positive direction by choosing friends wisely. For example, we develop good judgment by choosing friends who make wise choices. We help to strengthen convictions by linking with those who stand up for what they believe. We often become kinder and more generous by spending time with those who are gentle and grace giving. And we walk closer with God if we get to spend more time walking with those who make spiritual disciplines and intimacy with God a priority. Choosing helpful friends is like putting together your own personal development team. And the converse is also true. We can make shipwreck of our lives by being steered off course by those with whom we associate. In Proverbs 22, the writer says, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Uh, centuries later, Paul in writing to the Corinthians says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. You and I will pay if we walk with those who are unhelpful. So the key question today is, who do you want to become? not about personality or giftedness or talents or career. It's about integrity and character. And the choices that we make today determine the story we tell or is told about us tomorrow. Proverbs is really clear about those who are helpful as walking companions. Firstly, though, here are some not to include in your team. If you check out Proverbs 6, 16 to 19, it identifies seven things that make God sick. It identifies people with haughty eyes or a superior attitude. Those who say, I'm a winner and you're a loser. It identifies those with a lying tongue, loose with the truth, both what they tell and what they don't. It says, don't, don't uh, walk with them. Or those who shed innocent blood, people who destroy others and walk over them, those that aren't moved by suffering. Don't walk with those whose hearts devise wicked schemes or whose feet are quick to run into evil, those who devise and justify shady, dodgy or illegal plans. And it says, 
God hates the false witness who pours out lies, a slanderer or a gossip, passing on damaging information. And the seventh thing is someone who stirs up dissension among people. That's someone who stirs up conflicts or holds grudges or seeks revenge or is unforgiving. They're the people not to have on your team. So who are the best teammates? They're the opposite of the ones we just mentioned, people who are humble and teachable and those who serve and encourage and build up, those who speak truth, who are honest, who are tender-hearted and merciful, with high integrity, who are peacemakers and grace givers. Proverbs also in numbers of places identifies uh, things that characterize good teammates or friends. In chapter 17, it says, those who are loyal, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Or those who are candid in chapter 27, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. Might be hard to hear, but important to take note. Or those who are refreshing, a friend's heartfelt advice in chapter 27 and verse 9. A friend's heartfelt advice refreshes the soul. Walk with those who encourage, who guide, who cheer you up. I love the story of Jonathan in 1 Samuel 23, where when David was going through a really difficult patch, it says that Jonathan found him and helped him find strength in God. In Proverbs 27, it says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. In 2 Timothy, Paul is writing to his young leader friend, Timothy, and he refers to one of his teammates. He says, I've found Onesiphorus a great friend. He's often refreshed me. He's not been embarrassed by my situation. He's searched hard till he find, has found me and he's helped me in many ways. And then Proverbs also talks about having walking friends who are tactful. In other words, respecting the other's feelings and refusing to trade on their affection. It identifies don't outstay your welcome or don't be hearty at the wrong time or don't be happy when it's important to allow sadness or don't let jokes go too far. Gather close and hear me clearly. Over the years, I've seen many people search until they find the best or the right doctor, the best school, the best lawyer or accountant or coach or tradesperson. But friends, when it comes to looking for the right friends, there is not the same diligence or commitment. Apart from family, our closest friends are the are the most significant keys to personal growth and fulfillment that we have. We are hardwired to experience life in community. So don't skimp in this area. What is joy without friends? What is sadness without friends? Now in life, I've experienced some highs and some lows. And to have friends who share both has been a wonderful gift. Let me hasten to say, though, it's not that other people than these fewer friends don't matter to God or, nor to us. Rather, let's ev use every opportunity to love anyone in our lives or networks or anyone we meet into taking Jesus seriously by being kind, serving, caring, inclusive, hospitable, people of hope and communicators of good news about Jesus 
and about life. Who knows? Those people might end up being a great friend. I love the fact that Jesus was known as a friend to those who normally didn't have friends. Imagine if the same could be said of us. So what about finding friends for your team like Jesus did for his? How do you go about it? Let me give you just a few clues. Maybe that uh, you pray like Jesus prayed. Jesus had lots of acquaintances, but we read that the night before he actually invited 12 to be part of his team, he prayed all night. It's a good thing to do. Second thing is to mix with people that you want to be part of your walking team. Get to know them. A third thing is to have a friend. You need to be a friend. It was Dale Carnegie in one of his writings years ago who said you can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get others interested in you. To have a friend, you need to be a friend. Allow time for friendships to develop and provide safe places for people to share be loyal in those connections and breathe life into others. Encourage them. A fourth thing is to be prepared to be vulnerable and share some of your story. This includes a willingness to be hurt. Don't expect perfection. If your goal is to stay safe, then don't get involved in deepening relationships. A fifth thing is to care enough to challenge and confront. This is a good test of a relationship. Am I prepared to lose this relationship in the interest of truth and righteousness? And another is allow your friend to have other friends as well. Don't smother or suffocate them. Do you want to see a picture of true friendship? Let me invite you to listen as I read to you some words of Jesus as he interacted with his friendship, interacted with his friends just before his crucifixion. He said to them in John 15, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. In Jesus, we see a willingness to give his life for his friends. We see a willingness to share what he knew of God and life in other words, there were deep conversations that he entered into. He empowered others to be fruitful. He breathed life and resources into others to enable them to be fruitful and fulfilled. He challenged them to love as he loved. In other words, he, he was saying, be those who reach out and touch someone deep in their being in order to bless them. The definition of love that we find in 1 Corinthians is to be kind and patient, patient and not envious or boastful or proud, to be honouring of others and serving of others, forgiving, protecting, trusting and persevering. Choose your friends, your walking companions wisely and be a friend to those after the model of Jesus. 
Let me share with you an invitation from someone who wants you to be on their team. And I reckon it's an invitation too good to refuse. And yet some people do refuse it. It was Jesus who said, are you tired? You're worn out, burned out on religion. He was really saying you're tired from trying to do life on your own or through a set of rules. He says, come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Jesus invites us to be a walking companion with him. And in doing that, he'll help us become really good walking companions and those who share their life well with others. Friends, I'd love to lead us in prayer. Can we do that? Thank you, Jesus, that you've created us for community, for connection, for walking companions. Please help us to each accept your invitation to walk with you. Please help us to find and to be those who breathe life into our relationships. And please help us to be a friend to people like you showed us how to be. And this we pray in your name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to Follow Online. To stay updated, go to follow.church. As the people of God, let's stay connected and follow the words of Jesus to love one another.